know me, you know me. Everybody say that they know me, they own me. See me on the cover of a Vogue and they flow me. We cannot be friends because I like being lonely. I'm a boss. All right, Successfully Chaotic here, Maria Daniels, and I have Ralph Engel here today. Hi, Maria. How are you? I'm doing good. It's been a while since we sat down and did an interview, and I thought it was about time to kind of talk a little bit about what's been going on in your world. Quite a bit. There's a lot <laughs> going on over here since uh, since the last time we spoke. We've, uh, we've grown quite a bit, leaps and bounds here going on with the help of good people and good friends helping us out, so... Uh, we're thankful to be where we're at, and we, uh, we're hopeful to see where we wind up here. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely been a different year. Uh, we've talked a lot on this show just about, you know, 2020 being a very chaotic year. Um, and it's just it's changed kind of the, how everything is working. Um, it cha- it's, it's changed everything from home life for pretty much everybody I know to work life to just um, you know, how the industries are working together. Yeah, and I absolutely. know that you've probably seen a huge change in your world. Large, a lot. We've seen a lot of our uh, uh, folks that are doing this in the same industry with us. They're, they're making huge uh, changes with the way that they are uh, implementing their work processes. Uh, a lot of these guys are working from home now. They're trying to uh, survive in environments that they're used to living in and, uh, uh, some are growing, some are not. It's working for some, and it's not working for others. And uh, hopefully, we can in, uh, discuss a few of those points today, and, and, and how it works in with your work-life balance. So, absolutely, absolutely. So, I know when you're talking about work-life balance, that is a topic that we talk about. I feel like all the time because it is so important. Um, because you know a lot of us try to keep everything so compartmentalized and so separated that it ends up just kind of honestly biting us in the butt. And I did that for years. Yeah. I know exactly where you're coming (laughs) from. It's, it's, I mean, it's it's kind of, it's kind of one of those things that unless you've kind of come out on the other side, you don't really see it for what it is. I tried to keep, you know, all of my compartments separate. I had my work compartment and I had, you know, my, you know, Maria's wellness compartment. Yeah. yeah. And it seems, you know, it seems like that would be a good idea. Right. But I was, I was exhausted. I was, because I was trying to keep them all so separate. They kept trying to leak out into each other, you know, and I just was like, yeah, I was spending my time just trying to put them all back in the box they were supposed to go in. Right. And, um, it's funny because, you know, if we think about it, and I used this quote the other day on one of my social media posts or, um, that, you know, on Shrek, um, you remember when Shrek said that, you know, ogres are, are like, or have layers like onions. Yes. Well, we have layers like onions too. Yes, so if you do. think about the fact that we all have layers, well, nobody really expects this to be completely compartmentalized. So, you know, when you stop trying to fight that idea that you have to keep it all so separate and that it all kind of blends in together it's way less exhausting. It is. It is, Maria. I can agree to that 100%. There, you get to the point where you compartmentalize so many different things that the human aspect gets too far away. When you try to get back to your your, your, your uh, normal lifestyle with your kids, you, you, you get home in your atmosphere where you get the opportunity to shut down and enjoy your evening. You find yourself starting to car- compartmentalize children yep. and compartmentalize, you know, food and supper, yep. and and it just doesn't work because when you're in that atmosphere, you have to have 
the flow. The flow has to keep going, that parental flow. You know, you're answering a question from this one, and then this one has, it spills food all over the place. And then when you're trying to help this one take a bath or, or a shower or do what they're supposed to be doing, this one has sports. So yep. compartmentalization does not work in it this doesn't. scenario whatsoever. It absolutely doesn't. And the more that you try to keep it completely separated it's like trying to put it's like trying to put a tornado in a mason jar absolutely absolutely yeah so you you wait take it from us if you're trying to do that right now just stop yep don't do yourself any more damage quit just stop (laughs) right now it just it's it's not worth it it doesn't work and you know this work-life balance that we you know talk about in reality what that means is our own version of balance and you know for me i have found that you know, sometimes my business takes a little more of the percentage that I have to give. And, you know, I start to notice that, you know, you know, I'm not able to give quite as much time to my family. And then I start, I have to flip it and right. much more into my family. And the business just kind of has to go on the side burner and just kind of in maintenance mode for a while. So really balance is being able to kind of flip back and forth and manage things, but also balancing your own state of mind and your own well-being and not being the martyr. It's a natural ecosystem. Yep. It's it's the type of environment that you you think at one point in your life during your discovery that this is it. This is where I've got it. Yep. I've got it to where I've got full control. I'm doing everything that I can to, to make this happen, and I'm still failing. Yeah. And all of a sudden it didn't work out like you thought it did. Endpoint never came. And now here you are just in it right back where you thought that you weren't going to be. It, it all works in with it. You have to have that natural flow. The, the part where I did this now because this took more precedence and yeah. conflicts of interest with your family, with, with, uh, with your work life and, and things you have to get done in your personal life. These things all matter. This is what life is. Life is working and it is existing as a mom, as a dad, yep. as a sister, as a brother, as a husband. All these parts have to be played. All the hats have to be worn. And they sometimes you just can't line them up perfectly every time, every day. But you do get the option to continue. You get the option to continue on your terms. And that is exactly why we do what we do. This is for that balance and those options that we have for ourselves. I agree. And I think that's the biggest part of business ownership as a whole for me is, you know, the idea of freedom. But it's funny because a lot of the people that I work with um, that own their own businesses now, they feel like they have less freedom than they did when they were working for someone else. That they kind of miss that. I clock in, I do my job, I clock out, I don't have to think about it anymore. And there is something to be said about that. But if you get yourself to the, your own state of balance, your own state of work, family, life balance that works for you for and for you your family and for that moment Yes, because it is fluid. Right. What works for me today with my kids, the, the age they are and our life the way it is right this second is not necessarily going to mean that it's going to work this time next year. Right. You know, it, you yeah. have to be ready to move and be fluid. The idea of being able to pivot is huge. Yes. And, you know, it's funny because being able to pivot is something that I've, always known how to do, you know, it's, it's been yes. something I've talked about on the show before that we, yeah, I grew up poor, you yep. know, being able to, we always, it's not a PC term, but we always said redneck the situation. We were always able to redneck every situation <laughs> because we didn't have any other way to do right. it. That you know, it. those <laughs> were our resources right <laughs> yeah. there. Rednecks. Yeah. I'm stuff. telling you. So that's what we would do. So, you know, but looking at that from a standpoint of being able to think of it that how much it's helped me in my professional life it has it's funny because a lot of people that I've worked with and my sister's the same way we used to work together 
there would be this like huge crisis and me and my sister would just we would quote unquote redneck the situation yep. and they would be like how would you think to do that and we're like we've been training for this our entire life you know <laughs> you know we this is this easy this. you know <laughs> so you know a lot of times you know we talk about you know thing you know growing up or not having you know quote unquote the right start or whatever as being a negative thing but in a lot of ways you know if you didn't grow up with all of the resources you necessarily needed to have or thought you needed to have you had to be resourceful and resourcefulness is a great thing and I think that we don't look at all of those benefits of being able to think outside of the box I agree I agree there's a lot and I'm glad you touched on this Maria there's a lot of people out there today that just want to throw money at their problems yeah and there are a lot of corporations out there hoping that you will absolutely throw money at your problems because they're there to answer that specific problem. But your resources, when you can hone that stuff and you can you can center in on what you're what what you're excellent at, what you excel at, what you're good at, you can build on that to to, to be your resource for what you need later. But uh, so uh, to, long story short, don't just throw money at your problems. Explore what skills you have, and if resourcefulness is one of them, oh, that's a blessing. I, I find it to be a blessing. Absolutely, and you know, it's it's one of those things that a lot of people think of as being negative and but you know um Deacon Graziosi has a book called The Underdog Advantage. Oh yes. And yes, uh, it's I've a great book. Yes. And you know he talks about, you know, that he didn't have money. He didn't have status. He nope. didn't have all those things that, you know, most people thought they needed to be able to succeed. Right. Once I've got this, yeah. then it's all going to fall exactly. into place. And that's not how it works. You have to struggle forward in order to make this work right. In order to get the psychological perspective that you need to do this on a larger basis, on scale, you have to be able to scale. One, that's number one. Number two is you have to have the mentality of, I can do this at work. I can be the wolf at work and be the sheep when I get home. Yeah. You do have to at least compartmentalize that much of yourself. But I do like Dean. I like his content. I like what he adds to it's it. It's good stuff. It really is. Dean really has a message to share for everybody. So if we could... You know, if you guys get the opportunity to check out some of his work, you, you really should. So. Absolutely. He's got podcasts, books. It's it's great content, great stuff. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, when we, we talk about just resourcefulness being a positive, you know, a lot of times, you know, the things that get us to have to be resourceful, we look at it as negatives. And a lot of times that can create fears, that can create imposter syndrome, you know, imposter syndrome. Um, being yeah, as, you know, you, th- you hold yourself back, you know, you hold yourself back. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You hold yourself back because you think, well, you know, why would they listen to me? Because I'm not qualified because dot, 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 or, right. you know, I'm not good enough to say this because dot, 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 or, you know, whatever lie, you know, you're telling yourself at that moment. You right. Know, that some of us, syndrome. some of us would go so far to think that none of these corporations ever started from scratch. It was never an idea on paper. What happened was aliens came down from uh, 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 Venus and they dropped these corporations off and then all of a sudden they're slowly trying to take care. Now, that's not how it works. That's not how it works at all. You have to fall. You have to fail. You have to get dirty. You have to get gritty. You have to grit your teeth sometimes. You're going to have... You know, chest pains on some days, you're going to have headaches on others. The ugly part is there. That's, that's, that's your fear talking to you. That's fear telling you that it's going to be difficult. Nothing that was ever easy was worth doing, in my opinion, to begin with. Because if it Absolutely. was easy to do, 
it was easy for everybody to do, and that just makes it standard. Exactly. So, and for most of us who are very entrepreneur mind, if it was easy, we wouldn't want to do it anyway. What is our motto here? <laughs> do epic stuff. Exactly. Epic stuff. Exactly. We don't want to do that mediocre stuff. Exactly. We, we want to be the those other guys. But uh, yeah, and, and, and I agree with the uh, you know stere- stereotyping. You know, also in the industry, there's a lot of that going on. People are thinking, you know, and this is a this is a very strong point for uh you know current events going on right now you know there's a lot of discontent between people and a little bit of insecurity that goes with that as well and 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 you cannot listen to those things those things will just eat you alive inside and if you don't do anything about it then you're just you're doing yourself a disservice you should reach out there do the best you can in everything in life and and don't listen to what the other people have to say that and also do not listen to those little ignorant voices inside your body that's saying, hey, you know what? You're not good enough. You're not as good as this guy over here. You're not, you're not going to be able to fill those shoes one day because, you know what? He wasn't born into those shoes. He grew into them just like you can too. You can take whatever you have and you can make anything work with it if you have the willpower to do it. If you are in psychologically the right mind to carry it out, to, to take it forth, to take forth your battle against your regret or any type of anything that might bring uh, uh, any, any type of toxicity in your life, you should just eliminate 110%, get rid of all of it, have a positive mind frame, keep your balance right, uh, eat healthy. I know Maria's always given me <laughs> trouble about, about eating the right stuff, and we all have our shortcomings, and, and that's normal. That's human. That's humanizing who you are, what your business is, what you do. That is, it all starts with the thought of a human. So none of this stuff just popped up out of ground. Uh, these people got into the S&P 500 for the, for, you know, from the hard work and the efforts that they put into it, and you can do the same thing. This is, uh, uh, those voices are lying to you. They are not, uh, they are not telling you your, your best interests in mind. So. Absolutely. So, Let's go back to, you mentioned stereotyping in the industry. Right. I want to ask you some questions. So, you know, for all of you that didn't listen whenever I interviewed you before, can you tell a little bit about what you do and kind of the industry you're in and maybe some of the stereotypes involved in your industry? Oh, yeah, we can touch on that. Some stereotypes in my market, the industry that I work in. I I deal heavily in logistics, global logistics, uh, anything. Uh, uh, if you can fit it on any form or vessel, intermodal, we can get it around the world for you. And in some of those vessels are trucks, they are trains, they are planes, they are boats. And I'll tell you a, a stereotype that in my industry gets the short end of the stick, and that's a good old-fashioned American truck driver. They are constantly getting the short end of the stick. Stereotypical uh, bullshit is what it is uh, to, to just assume that you know Everything you can about a person and what they do in their life based solely on what they do for a living is ridiculous. It's preposterous and it should never be entertained by anyone of any statute whatsoever, in my opinion. Uh, the, the American truck driver is uh, a hardworking individual. Most of them would laugh or gawk at a 40-hour week. A 40-hour week, they just got started. They've got 40 hours in by Tuesday evening. Okay, and they still got Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and half a day on Saturday before they can take their reset. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, these guys really pull some hardcore hours. They they, uh, they move our commodities. All of our commodities get moved by a truck at some point in time. If your business is parked, 
in America, anywhere. If your business is anywhere, it, it doesn't matter in the world. At some point in time, it left that plant on a on a semi truck, and it's going to get to wherever it has to dock to uh, with a semi truck as well. So. Uh, you know, you hear a lot of these guys say a lot of things about these truck drivers. Oh, they drive like crap, or, or they're always parking where they shouldn't have to, or, or you know, they're just always in the way. They're uh, impeding the left lane. Guys, there's a lot to this story you don't know. There's a lot that that driver, trust me, he doesn't want to be out in that left lane, you know, slowing you guys down. But his truck's governed. He only goes so fast. So when he passes that other vehicle at half a mile an hour faster than the vehicle on the right side, it's not because he's playing games with you. It's because the vehicle literally will not go faster. It will not. It is governed right at 69 and a half miles an hour. Oh, wow. okay. And the guy in the right lane, he's doing 69. So this guy's trying to crawl out of everybody's way. And, 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 and these guys came through for us in times that uh, are not so prosperous either. You know, your Hurricane Katrinas and uh, Andrews, that's us. They're out there delivering your goods to you, rebuilding your neighborhoods. They are the first ones on the scene right after the money shows up because what do you, where do you start when you have to rebuild infrastructure? Who brings all that to you? Your trucks do. That's exactly how it works. So, uh, you know, give these guys a break out there when you see them. You know, they work a hard job. They work long hours. Uh, they're literally away from their family and their loved ones for, you know, some of them weeks on end. They might not see their house for once every once a month or so. But, uh, uh, yeah, you know, you, they, they, they get a bum rap and they do all the hard work. So shout out to the all-American all truck driver right there. So I know you personally have been involved in the world of truck driving for a while. I was, and yes. Now, um, tell our listeners kind of what you do now as far as in that industry. You, you're you still in the supply industry, I guess yeah, you would yeah, say. Yeah, absolutely. You know, distribution of your goods. Yeah. Everything, it, it, unless you personally own it inside of your house, we can move it. If it is a product or a commodity, we can move it. Uh, we don't do household goods. That's not... If yeah. you need move to France, we're going to, you know, we're going to name drop somebody for you, but we'll move everything else for you. You know what we, we do. And, and I did, I, I did a long stint with that. Um, uh, there, there, there were days I wish I hadn't. And, and, uh, uh, 2018 was an extremely trying year for the entire logistics world. Everybody knows like everybody out here, the normal people that aren't in logistics. And I say logistics because it can be so wacky sometimes. Okay. But like, you're all like, ooh, boo, 2020, 2020, right? And, and I get it. I've, that part of me is there, too. I'll tell you what 2018 was like, okay? Well, they were thinning the herd bad. Brokers were dying right and left. Uh, shippers were going out of business right and left. Not nearly as severe as what COVID has done to us in 2020. That kind of impacted us really quickly, and we're recovering quickly, too. I'm very... I'm proud of the way the American economy is bouncing back from this and, and uh, the, the efforts that they put into it. But our year, our 2020, was 2018, and it was scary. It was really scary. There was no freight. What drivers were out there pulling freight, they were working for almost free. Uh, the rates were insultingly low. The profit margins were down. Seen a lot of good guys go without work. Seen a lot of good guys go out of business. Uh, I decided myself that I needed to convert, and I did. I converted from the gentleman that was driving around inside the truck uh, to the guy that was sitting behind the desk pushing the orders out to the trucks. It's a young man's game now. It's a, when you hit your 40s, you really got to look back and say, 
how much more beer gut can I take before my wife just leaves me? Yeah. Right. How much more can I add on here before I'm just not even a recognizable human anymore? So, uh, I did, I took the step out of the truck. I took the leap. I ignored the voices in my head. Yeah. The ones that were saying, you're not good enough. And I went out and I showed that I was good enough and, and I did it. And it might not have been to some people's standards, but those standards don't matter. My standards matter. You're setting your own standards. And that's something right. that I talk to people all the time about. I don't need to make you happy. No. I'm happy. Yeah. There's there's a there's an old story and I don't even know where it came from. Um, but it talks about the tobacco farmer. Oh uh, really? took his family all out and it was time to pick tobacco. Okay. So, um, you know, went out in the field and they're all standing there and it's just like acres and acres and acres and acres of tobacco and they're overwhelmed. Right. You know, because they have so much to pick. So what he did is he picked up a stick off the ground and he just threw it as far as he could. And he said, we're just going to the stick. And every day he would do the same thing. He'd throw the stick and just go into the stick. So, you know, the whole point of that story to me is that, you know, you're throwing the stick. You're going to the stick. You know, you're all, everybody's starting at a different place and there's no right place to start or wrong place to start. I agree. Doesn't matter how far you can throw the stick. Yep. Just go to the stick. Just keep that mentality. I agree. Little steps. You don't all. You don't have to get it all done in one day. The, the luxury of being able to do this on your own terms is making your own schedule. Yeah. Figuring out when you want to fill in the gaps, not when the gaps need filled out for the next person. Uh, 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 there, it, it has to be almost bred into you. I think that the nine to five mentality. Although there's nothing wrong with the nine to five mentality. It's just not for everybody. Some people can't sit still like that for yeah. that long. They're not willing to do that for that amount of money, for that hourly rate. That's just not something they're comfortable with. I know a lot of people out there that feel like that and a lot of people that feel like they're stuck, like they're stuck in that situation because their mentality will not, they can't beat it. They can't beat the mentality that has them beat down every day. The one where the boss says, you know, you got to be here at eight, you clock out at three. You got to be here at eight, clock out at three. Repetitive, same thing. You get accustomed to it, you get comfortable with it, and then the next thing you know, it's your standard. But if you if you can push just a little bit harder, give yourself a little bit more opportunity, maybe find a second stream of revenue. See how that impacts your life. See how just doing going through the process of that second stream of revenue is that something that you want to do is that something that that bangs benefit to your life brings benefit to your life or is it just something that you see as another responsibility something else you have to you have to check mark off your list right so uh you know it's it's not it's not for everyone to do the type of work that we do but logistics in itself is extremely frustrating at times, especially through these COVID situations. And and we've seen the market fluctuate. If you're looking at it right now. The dip was months ago. That dip is already come and gone. And unfortunately, that dip is where a lot of our smaller businesses died off. They just they couldn't they couldn't struggle through. They couldn't pay the rent. They couldn't cover the overhead. And Maria, you you know when you start out, like you say cover your costs, cover your expenses. That's all you got to get. Yep. Sometimes breaking even is as good as it's going to be for a little bit. These guys had no, no opportunity whatsoever to get that. And, and on top of some of these places on some of these brick and mortar stores, they have to go through these riots too. So now you're missing the revenue stream and you're watching your business be destroyed. And 
heaven forbid those people that went without months and months of revenue, they were still able to make their insurance premiums and still at least get some coverage for the, for those type of things. But uh, in the trucking industry, it's not in, in, in logistics, it's not so uh, comfortable. You never know where you're going to be laying your head as a driver. You could be, you could be on an off ramp or, or you could be, um, you, you know, you could be parked in a Walmart parking lot for the evening. Uh, there's a lot of risk. There is a lot of risk. There's a lot of risk in, in, um, in, in not just psychological risk. There, there is that too. There is the, you have to confront yourself and see that this is something you definitely do want to do. You have to, that is the first number one step. You have to assess your risks. You have to assess your uh, liabilities, your costs, your fixed costs. All of that comes into play. So, And that could be said with any business. Any business, yeah. any business. doesn't matter what you do, not just logistics. There is a, uh, there is a framework to it. And if, if it's something that you have wanted to chase... And something that you feel like you're good enough to do, Maria. Maria is prime example right here, right now. Maria has told me that uh, in, in the past that I've got a great voice that I should reach out there and do something with it. And that's what we're doing right here, right now. <laughs> that's what we're trying to do. And, and, uh, and now you just need to start your own podcast, that's... right? Yeah. Now I got to do is just spend all the billions of dollars yeah. that Maria spent in building hers. And, no, and no, 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 no. I've told everybody on here to do not. Start a podcast like Maria started a podcast. I went <laughs> the long way. way around. I went the long way around because I didn't know what I was doing. So, you know, and that's one of the things when you start <laughs> to think about, well, like you said, risk, cost, liability, really do your homework on what it is you're wanting to do and why and, you know, what you have to be able to do at bare bones, you know, that, right. you know, that, and that's what's so funny when we were talking earlier just about resourcefulness and there, there's a law called Parkinson's law. So, and pretty much what that states is that, you know, if you have X amount of dollars to do a project, you will use X amount of dollars to do a project. If you have X amount of time uh, yes, to yes. do a project, you will use X amount of yes, time to do a will. project. That's right. So, you know, it's funny when I, since I've, you know, kind of come full circle with my podcast now, I don't use all the stuff that I bought to use. And that was what's so funny is if uh -oh. I had to have done it completely bare bones, I could have done it completely bare bones. But see, I didn't give myself a budget. I didn't give myself a limit. So I'm just buying all this crap Maria, that I don't did you even just use. Throw money at the I did. I was well. It wasn't even a problem. It was. It was the fact that I had no idea. Like I joke around that I'm an accidental podcaster because it's what it, I consider myself. It's and, where you landed. And I didn't know anything about the industry. So when you don't know, you're just like, well, I'll try a little. Of this try a little. It's like being at a buffet. You know, there's so many options and you don't know what to get. So you're just right. getting a scoop of everything. You know, because <laughs> I had no idea. You know. So, but and that's that's why like when I talk to people now and you know I'm kind of helping them get started you know, the biggest thing I tell them is take a deep breath and don't overthink it first of all it, don't overthink that's it. a great you point you don't right. have Thank to you. overthink it and the next thing is is you can get by with bare bones you can yes. get by with bare yes. bones on starting it yes. so do it that way I mean I'm not making millions of dollars off this podcast but that's not my and goal that's the thing you know that's what, I mean? what some people think that you need to have uh, if if Joe wants to do what Marty's doing, Joe has to have everything that Marty has. That's not true. No. It's not what you can spend the money on. It's your approach. It's your content. It's 
it's finding the value in what you produce, not what you produce it with. Exactly. And everybody is going to have a little bit of something to offer that nobody else will because they have something that nobody else has, which, which is them. Yes. You know, and that's what I tell people. You is are that, your own secret ingredient. Exactly. Yes. You're your own secret sauce. You yes. know, you are because, you know, there could be 10 people up here saying the exact same thing, the exact same sentence, doing the exact same mannerisms, but it's still not going to be the same. Right. You know, there's going to be a little bit of a different type of voice, a little bit of a different, you know what I mean? There's just, there's going to be differences in everybody. There's going to be people that we automatically connect to. Right. You know, and vibe with, and that's okay. You know, it's supposed to be like that for a reason. And, you know, I think it's the same when you're talking, when you're talking or thinking about, you know, starting a podcast or starting a business or thinking about what industry you want to get in. A lot of times people get into a, starting a business because they're just following the money. And that's not a good yeah. enough reason to start a business. No. And I think that's a lot of the reason. If you don't have a passion for the industry, if you don't have a passion for what you're doing, you're not going to make it through the beginning years. Your passion has to be, it has you, to, you be have to be successful. That That's what carries you through. The beginning of a business is almost like having like a new baby, you know, and it's you like you're it. exhausted, you know, you're exhausted yeah. and you're all sleeping and they're barfing all it's over you. And you know what I mean? I could go on and on about well, today. Yeah. Well, that, that's that what I'm saying. You needed a lot from me today. <laughs> that's what so. I'm saying. So, but if, if, but, but you know, when you have that newborn, you love them and you'll stay up, you'll not sleep, you'll be covered in barf and you'll still just kiss them. And that's right. Because right. you love them. And you're burping them. They'll yep. puke on you. Yep. They'll pee on you while they're doing it. And that's it okay. doesn't matter. Because yes. you love them and that's your baby. And that's how it is with a business. But if you don't love what you're doing, you're going to be disgusted by the whole process. I agree. So you that's the difference. And if, if you feel that, like you started a business and you just got into it because this person you mentioned earlier about Marty or whatever you named your people, all those people that started the businesses and doing all this stuff. Um, if you only got into it because you see that they're doing it and they're making money with it and that's what you were following, it's going to be a really, really hard road for you. It's going to be bumpy. You have to want to close the gaps. That yeah. you, you have to want to... Success should be your goal. Money is a byproduct of success. And success yeah. is a whole definition of its own that you define. Yes, you define your own success. Yep. Now, when it comes to money, what's the other typical way of being compensated? Any other favors, right? You yep. can you can do you can trade favors with other corporations, you can trade favors with your buddies and, and your businesses, but Money or favoritism or whatever you're looking for is your byproduct. It should be a byproduct of success. And your success is the only success that should matter to you. Yep. So, so don't get into it just for the money. Don't get into it for the title, the status. Don't get into yeah, it. Yeah, that's all. That just brings doesn't titles matter. and statuses. Just it bring doesn't more matter. problems. You know, and, and I was actually, I had a consulting call with a girl earlier that she's wanting to grow her business. And, you know, it's funny when people try to hire me to consult them. I think I end up um, coming across as not what they think at first. Cause I'm like, well, why are you wanting to hire me to, to grow your business? Right. I mean, I'm fine, whatever. I know it seems weird that I don't necessarily want to take your money, but I'm, I'm asking this real question. Why do you want to grow your business? Cause literally her email, her message and everything that she has said, the only thing that I'd heard come out of her mouth was, I just really want to grow my business. Okay. Well, why, why do you want to grow your business? The, the seven questions. Well, I just really, yeah, months. exactly. But yeah. why do you want to grow your business? Yes. Why, why do you want to grow your business? She couldn't come up with an answer. She just wanted to grow it. And I told her, I said, listen, Why? I said, you're just not you know, busy enough. You growing, know, it's like... Well, it's just because that's again, it's, it's yeah. what we think we're supposed to do. We think we're supposed to just, just drive and run nonstop. And right. that's not what it's about. Nope. Sometimes you have to drive. Sometimes you nope. have to run, you know, th those things happen to get to where you're wanting to be. 
But if you're growing just for the sake of growing, you might as well just stop right there. Yeah. If you're starting a business just for the sake of starting a business or because you want money or whatever, that's hysterical to a lot of the people who have started businesses because yes. the first couple of years, yes. you are not making money. You're spending money. Yes. You're spending money. Precisely. <laughs> you are just spending money, hoping for cash flow to yep. pop up. Yep. When cash flow gets there, eh, it sort of helps the situation a little bit, but now you got that problem. It's just you, when you own your own company, you're the only one to answer to. You're the only one that can speak on behalf of that entity. You are literally only in the negative business. Yep. Every negativity is your personal problem now. The little wins, though. The little wins can pull you out of it, but you you are basically a firefighter. You just run around putting out fires all day. That's it. It's all just a matter of how big the fire is. <laughs> I agree. And then, I mean, that's the key is that the fact that if you're okay with still putting out the fires all day, if you're okay and you still love, you know, your baby, the business, whatever, even after having to deal with all that stuff, and even after the fact that, you know, you get in money and you're like, oh, I'm rich for like half a second, and then yeah. you have to pay everything, you're like, oh, never mind. And yeah, then, you know yeah. what I mean? It's this <laughs> if you're still okay at the end of the day and you still love it and you still want it and you still, you know, think about it, all the time. Yes. It's the right thing. It is. You know, your but if, feelings are going to tell you exactly. That. But if you're just thinking about it just only because of the money or only because of the growth or only because of the status or whatever, that is not a good enough reason to get into this. It is not. not. Absolutely not. And always with any adventure that you do, you should absolutely do your homework on it. There are going, like I said, there are going to be fixed costs. There is going to be overhead there. There's going to be a cost to just having a business. And, 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 uh, if, if you're not prepared, uh, you know, financially, at least for part of the endeavor, when you start up, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult on you. It's going to be more stressful than it needs to be. And, uh, you should just be 110% honest with yourself. If this is something you want to do, because if it is, it's enough to do that. It's worth putting a hundred percent into. If you decide, yes, this is mine. I want to do this. You have to at least give it everything you have. At least. Absolutely. At least. Absolutely. Everything. I know men that have given up their uh, their sanity to run a business and have had to literally step away just because because they, they, they didn't have the mental capacity to continue. They had to take the break. They had to. You have to know you have to know what's too much. I mean and that's another thing that I've talked about is that um, you know, your your business does take a lot. But sometimes we're, again, running with just for the sake of running and we don't even realize it. I did that for such a long time. I was running, you know, just to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. But this I never did around, take yes. that. Yeah, I never did take that that pause to say, okay, let me sit and think about why am I running? <laughs> right. You know? yeah. What is my goal? Am I am I meeting on my goals? I was just doing things just for the sake of saying I've because had to Because we're them. really good at just yeah. cramming. We just cram. You well, know. but and then a lot of times we end up doing things that are not productive. They're not needle movers. And that's been my biggest thing with this year, 2020. Yes. You know, um, that's been a pretty awesome byproduct of just having a little bit of downtime is I really have been able to sit and think about, okay, well, what has been working for me? What's the ROI, you know, of a lot of the projects I've been ROI? doing? And what's the needle movers? Do more of that. 
Stop running after the things because it's funny when you start to, if you actually have been in business for, you know, at least a year or whatever, you can pull numbers and say, okay, well, if this many clients is giving me 80% of my income and, you know, the rest of them is giving me the other 20%. Right. But then even out of that 20%, I've got one or two of them that is taking, you know, 90% of my time and they're a headache and they're whatever. Right. You have to ask yourself, right. why am I working with that person? Quality. Exactly. Quality. Everybody is not your client. Right. All money is not good money. I say that to yes. my clients all the time. Ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, you, and, and, you know, that is so correct. true in my industry. And I, I would say that's true industry wide. That's <laughs> just like in my industry, the industry that I'm in, there are two types of clients. Okay. There are price checkers and there are people that want their problems solved and no matter what the cost is. Okay. Cost is not a factor. Can you do the job? The money is the byproduct of what you produce. Okay. And then there are people that are just consistently, no matter what, what is the bottom dollar, bottom dollar, bottom dollar, bottom dollar. When you work with clients like that, like you said, maybe on an 80, 20% split, if that client is your 20%, maybe it reduces 75% of your stress to just let that client go. Absolutely. Do you want to chase quarters and nickels and dimes while I'm trying to make you dollars? Fine. Go do it with someone else. I have a, I have a zen over here I'm trying to live in. And your 20% is yeah. costing me 95% of my happiness. Exactly. So, and it's, sometimes it's not worth it. And that's what I tell people. You know, I... I I always talk to, I don't just take on any client. I talk to people, you know, right. um, because sometimes it's not a good fit, not because there's anything wrong with their business or they're not doing something right or whatever. It just may not be a fit because I can't fit it into my time. What I know they're needing right. is not worth it to right. me at that moment, you know, whatever it is. So I'll pass them on. I'll send them to somebody that I know is going to do a fabulous job, exactly. you know, and I think that's key is, uh, is being able to have people that are in you know, your corner to be able to hand them off. To it's you. like people forgot how to really social networking yeah. was a thing before Facebook. Yeah, it's, it, it still is a, for some people. It, yes. You know, it was like, I know Bob, Bob kind of sort of does what I do. Mm -hmm. Bob's in the old Rolodex. Yep. We'll pull up Bob's number here. It's Bob. How you been? How's wife and kids? Right. Yep. Listen, I got this client's a real pain in the ass and all they do is they want quote after quote after quote. And you, you're the man. You love doing quotes. Here's your client. Yeah. Pass it off. This is how it was done. You know, it's like today it is extremely easy. And Marie, I know you know what I'm talking about to just end that relationship with a block or an unfriend yeah. or, you know, back in the day we made our names with people with the grit and the dirt underneath our fingernails. I'm showing my age here a little bit, Maria, <laughs> but you know, me and Bob are never going to forget working that three week project in Toledo. You yeah. know, me and Bob had, we ate lunch, slept in the same camper together. Yeah. You know, we got it done. The job was done. So that way, when I call Bob, he knows exactly the caliber person he's working with when he gets that call. I would never throw Bob out of my Rolodex. We created so much memories and so much fun on that one job alone that we connected on the social level before the social networking was ever even big. And it's, I think, I think that in my opinion, uh, not that it's a bad thing, not that it's a bad thing. And that's, you know, millennials are always getting shit on, man. They, they are, they're getting shit on. They've got something we don't. 
they have options. Oh, yeah. We didn't have options. No. They have options. They, yeah, well, and that's what I've, yes. I've tried to tell. It's funny because I don't really think... I've seen a lot of potential in a lot of the millennials I've worked with, honestly. I have, too. They're very inquisitive. Very. Very inquisitive. And they catch on to this pop culture stuff so quick. It's like, look at fidget spinners. They were here for like four and a half weeks and then gone. It's like no longer cool. It's like, it's out, next thing's in. (laughs) You know, it's like, if we got a fidget spinner when we were that age, it was like, hey, man, this is... This is vintage now. This is what's yeah. right? Not it not today. Not today. But I think millennials get a bad rap because they, you know, we put them in this world. This is where they are. They're here because of us. The creation of life is not going to stop because a certain generation came along. They're just now getting to realize, you know, there's momentum in this online stuff. There's a lot of momentum in this. And they're latching on, and these companies are able to seize and capture their uh, their their interests and in what they want to do. But you, you know, millennium millennials themselves, they've got more options than anyone else that I've ever known any generation I have. So, well, I completely agree. Well, um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Before we go, I want you to tell everybody. How to reach out to you? Listen, because you're going to start a podcast. I'm going to make you start a podcast. You're going (laughs) to. So once, no, don't give me that look. When you start your podcast, we're going to drop it on your social media. Okay. So that way, everybody listening can help me keep you accountable because you're going to start a podcast. It's going to happen. You heard the boss. We're going to get us. So let everybody know where they can where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. You okay. can find me on Facebook. You can also find me on Google. Under, under what name? MatrixGlobalLogistics.com. That's our website. Yep. And Matrix and Global Logistics is your LinkedIn. Is, yes, yes. On my LinkedIn as well. And Maria helped me with that. She helped me actually put that together. And Maria, she's done a fantastic job. We're working on it. We're working on it. It's always a working process. But, uh, yeah, reach out to us. Let us know. If you have some content to add, you can always hit me up at an email, ralph at matrixgloballogistics.com. That's ralph at matrixgloballogistics.com. And, uh, you know, Maria, I appreciate you having me on the show. Thanks for your time. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, talk to you all later. I stay on page six, I'm even...